because we've got a very complex system, and this is a systemic problem that we've got, we can't rely on a silver bullet. Hello, my name's John Higginson, and I'm on a mission to revolutionise communications by focusing on the power of purpose. This week, I'm joined by Adam Woodall, founder and chief executive of Lawyers for Net Zero. Lawyers for Net Zero is a non-profit which helps in-house lawyers to influence their organisations to deliver significant and rapid climate action. Before starting Lawyers for Net Zero, Adam worked in a range of strategy and sustainability roles, helping deliver climate action with clean tech startups as well as large firms. Adam, thanks very much for joining me. Now, before we talk about Lawyers for Net Zero, I thought it'd be good to talk about who you are and how you got to where you are today, why you're so invested in the Net Zero movement, and what led you to founding your own organisation. Right, right. Well, I think there's a few questions in there. Um, So the reason why I kind of transitioned from um, doing a job which I really enjoyed, actually, because a lot of my job was not probably dissimilar to what uh, you, you do, John, which is a lot of the strategy that I was talking to people about was how do they communicate effectively um, their clean tech startup, their renewable technology business, their circular economy initiative, and and how do they kind of scale that? Um, and uh, there's lots of soft techniques to that, and uh, I really enjoyed doing that. I was finding it very rewarding. And what I recognized was that um, the scale of change that is happening is, is great. But unfortunately, it's nowhere near good enough. Um, because effectively, if we look at the science of uh, what's happening environmentally, it's not just climate, unfortunately, it's also things around biodiversity particularly as well, is that we are uh, basically creating incredibly large risks to uh, the very foundations of our society because our society is utterly dependent on uh, predictable food, predictable energy sources, and then that helps us give us great healthcare systems and other support systems. And effectively, if um, the climate change continues uh, growing such as it is, um, that unfortunately all those systems, those necessary foundations to society are going to be completely undermined. And this has already happened in um, Syria, in um, the, uh, a key reason why the Syrian civil war started in uh, around 2010 was because they'd had a once in a millennium drought um, which then kind of there was also other bad things that were going on in Syria led to kind of like the implosion of that society and that war is unfortunately still going on so my key thing is is how do we avoid that and I think as you point out there so many of those humanitarian crises uh, lead directly from climate change don't they And, uh, and that includes uh, movement of people around the world as well as uh, some of these civil wars and wars um now 
Not everyone will immediately think lawyers when they think of the uh, answer to climate change. I know and you know of of great organisations like Client Earth, but we don't always think of in-house lawyers. And so why do you think they're so important uh, as as part of the answer? Well, uh, Client Earth, um, if... if uh, the listeners haven't come across Client Earth, definitely go and uh, look for them. They are fantastic. They're amazing because they do what it says on the tin. Um, their client is the earth. Um, and actually, you could actually go and say beyond that, their client is, is human civilization. It's keeping the earth, earth's conditions so that we can keep a civilization. That's my interest. But what it is, is that in society, um, because we've got a very complex system, and this is a systemic problem that we've got. We can't rely on a silver bullet or even a machine gun full of silver bullets. Um, and, you know, uh, Client Earth, as an example, is a fantastic uh, silver bullet, which is uh, basically targeting um, businesses and co- governments for their lack of action on uh, climate and other environmental issues. But what Lawyers from, the reason why Lawyers from at Zero is looking at in-house lawyers is because it's, it's actually a communication issue. Because in inside organisations, the, uh, the communication around the, uh, their kind of part in the climate crisis is currently um, not functioning. Um, so what we need to do is create it so that there's multiple uh, impacts to help the system um, and the, the organisations within that system ad- uh, very, very rapidly adapt to the needs of like um, a, a climate transitioned world. And so effectively, some of the most influential people in an organisation are actually the lawyers inside the organisation because they are they have a very uh, high status basically because effectively if the lawyer says you've got to be worried about that you need to be careful of this or there's these opportunities over there that you, you were missing people really listen to it because uh, even if people don't necessarily uh, want to hear from the lawyers they respect the lawyer's opinion so what it is, is that if we are then working with lawyers, then effectively nobody thinks of a lawyer as a tree hugger. And so if they're coming to them and saying, uh, you know, there's risks of greenwashing here or um, we've got um, our pledge and action gap is too wide um, and, we've, you know, this is going to have multiple challenges for us, people will listen to that. And then they can also, there's things that the lawyers can do as part of their day job, such as contract clauses, they can help drive uh, the change as well. Great. So as this is a uh, podcast for uh, communications professionals and those that are very interested in communications, tell us a bit more about how important, and you've and you touched on it there, how important communication is. But um, what do you do to get the message out of what, what you do for Lawyers for Net Zero and what do you do to help with that big communications challenge that those people that you work with have? Yeah, so I think there's, I'll highlight two particular points here. The first is that um, we are very much understanding that action is what generates action. So what what we're, we're not trying to do is basically convince people to believe that this is the absolute thing that they need to do 
and and it's all focused on kind of a rational judgment of things um, on a, and trying to build belief based on that. It's actually to say a key, the, the most important communication we have is that um, take some action and make sure it's, but make sure it's something meaningful. So that means, you know, if, if a, one of our net lives net zero champions comes and goes, oh, I've got a great idea. We, we need to um, change the cups in the canteen to be recyclable. We go, that's great, but that's somebody else's job. You've got lots of things within your role that you can be doing which are really meaningful. So let's work out what for you feels actionable and is meaningful um, within all of that. So that's the first point. And then the second point is something that, you know, probably most good communications professionals will be aware of is if effectively uh, how it, not everybody's going to get an idea at the same time. It's, uh, you know, uh, people might have heard of the diffusion of innovations with uh, um, popularized by the term early adopters. But interestingly, what comes before the early adopters and uh, what's called in the literature innovators, uh, we call them very early adopters. So it's actually those very early adopters, those innovators, are actually two or three percent of the population. But they are absolutely critical because basically they are the people that will socialize the actions that are required. And a key thing that uh, we've seen fail is that, um, uh, is that people have tried to just kind of get people to do it because they feel as though it's the right thing or there's all these kind of uh, unfortunately failed kind of communications around climate, etc. And what really succeeds and we've been seeing succeed is actually by um, talking to people and saying, look, look at these people over here and look at what the actions that they've been taking and look at how successful it's been for them. And in fact, actually, the, the best thing that we do is get those pe those individuals who seem like very normal individuals to everybody else, that the fact that they're actually kind of these very early adopters, nobody knows that. They're just like other kind of in-house lawyers. They go and talk about the actions that they've been taking. That then just makes it normal to people to take this meaningful action. So those, I suppose those are the two things. Yeah, do, do you think there's a kind of critical point at which you get a certain percentage of people and, 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 and I've worked with uh, business leaders that talk about a kind of 25% point and once you've got 25%, that's when change happens. Have you got in your mind a, a point at which you reach when everyone then adopts once you've got that first uh, number? I think it, it it's somewhat contextual um, to the situation and the so um, for example at the moment with within lawyers and at zero we're very much actually uh, focusing on the the top lawyers within an organization um, so which typically they're called the general counsel um, the GC and so effectively what we're looking to do is work with those very high status individuals within the legal team and within their organization because they often because quite a lot of them are also the company secretary they often sit in the the actual main board meetings as well as other multiple meetings um, and so uh, our objective is, is actually yes to get a good number of those at least 25 percent of those because the thing is, is actually then what happens is we don't necessarily need 25% um, uh, of the rest of the population. Because if we can get at least a quarter of kind of like the FTSE 100 GCs 
um, at being very proactive around this, uh, for example, joining our impact program, then actually they cascade it through their organizations. But it's this message that's being given out. It's part of the reason why people don't take action on climate is because our governments, um, they take a bit of action, but a lot of the stuff that the government does isn't aligned with a true net zero future. In fact, it's, some of it is actually opposite to a true net zero future. So people are like either consciously or unconsciously go, well, you know, the government's telling me one thing and then these do-gooders are telling me another thing. Which should I do? Don't know. And so they do nothing. So what it is is we need these influences, these significant meaning makers to be taking that action and to, to be showing that. And then actually it'll just cascade down through the, the system is... That's the, the theory. Good. Now, tell me a bit about your, your previous roles in working in strategy and sustainability and how they've helped you in what you're doing now. So, yeah, so they've, uh, they've definitely helped me because what it is is because I've been going in as a kind of uh, what I call myself as a strategic storyteller um, is my, uh, was my last job title before setting up Lawyers for Net Zero. And what that did is it meant I could go in and basically pop up the bonnet of the organizations I was working with and have a look at, you know, why are you not achieving the, fan, the, the growth that your, your fantastic technology or your amazing initiative should deserves? Um, and actually, a lot of it's because of the, uh, some of the, the, the narratives that they're telling, which they aren't. Uh, we love the concept of sticky storytelling. If you've never come across it, read Chip and Dan Heath's not, uh, book, because um, uh, that's amazing, made it stick. That's one of a key uh, g a driver for us. Um, and effectively, it's under, it's, it's, what, what I did is by working, having worked for 15 years, with both some of the biggest organizations in the world and some of the smallest, uh, i.e. these clean tech startups, it, it got me to really understand uh, the kind of uh, the contradictions and the unintended consequences of humans being humans. But then also, uh, and then also what I did is then looked for um, not necessarily the intuitive approach, because sometimes the intuitive approach might seem really compelling but actually, when you tie it, it doesn't work. So another big kind of guidance for us was the uh, the Lean Startup movement, represented by the book Lean Startup. Um, and effectively, what we do is we look at what is really good uh, evidence of how something psychologically will impact on people, and then we test, and then we learn. And you know, so that's using that kind of good startup sort of approach. So. That probably, yeah, that, those are the sorts of things that I think uh, summarise what we've learned from my experience. Great. Well, I like that uh, strategic storyteller and um, I do a lot of media training with clients and I'm always banging on about it. people remember stories. It's the stories that they remember. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll look out for sticky storytelling. What's been um, one of the things that you're most proud of or your biggest win at Lawyers for Net Zero? Well, I think one of the things is, is that it's actually that we are now growing because um, we I started out with kind of um, I started out with zero squared. Um, I started out I, as, as you uh, listeners might have guessed, I'm not got any legal experience, no legal training. Um, so 
I had, and I didn't know any in-house lawyers at the start of 2020, and I had no resources. I basically had uh, uh, the bit of money that I was making through my previous career. Um, but I had an idea, and I also uh, had a, I also had a strategy which was using these things like sticky storytelling, lean startup approach, great behavioural techniques, um, how you understand what makes people operate and not. And basically, I applied all that. And then, based, now eighteen months later, we're not only still going, we are thriving and flourishing. So. Um, I, uh, I was actually just a, on, a, on a personal story basis. I live by the coast um, in, uh, near Brighton. And just yesterday, I was just literally standing on the beach with my headset in and watching the sea. And I was actually listening to the, um, the Whitney Houston song, Step by Step, which is like a, just it's about a personal journey, about how it's tough, how it's difficult, but you can't let it get down. And there have been times for me through the last uh, 18 months where I have been in my bed hiding from the world because it all feels like too much. Um, but step by step, I've got myself back up again. I've kept on going because uh, there's been enough showing me that this will work, this is working. And now we've got to the stage where we've got um, uh, a number of global GCs um, from some of the biggest organizations on the planet that are as that are in our program and that means that they're not just kind of saying yes this is a great thing and literally just putting their signature to it they're going to be turning they're turning up every fortnight to a meeting to talk about this how they're doing things how they're making things happen and so what most made me proudest is the fact that we've got to this stage and so uh, now the really difficult work starts um, that was that was the easy difficult work uh, the really difficult work is how we scale it um, from being something that's been run largely by myself uh, with some uh, some fantastic volunteers. Um, and now actually, it's just starting this week, uh, we've had our first hire. Um, so that's very exciting. Great. What have you found to be your most effective modes of communication uh, with the world? Yeah, so I think the... the I suppose the um, the most effective for something like this is actually the personal, um, and so what then that requires is uh, I actually say to the uh, in-house lawyers, and this is actually genuinely true, that it's their job to be professionally curious. Um, and what I know is part of my job is to be professionally cheeky. Um, I've literally got to go to the, the general counsel um, of you know, a FTSE 100 company and go, you know what, you need to spend some time talking to me. And actually, magically, they do. Um, and, and actually, that, because it's, uh, but there's a, and then it's that personal conversation with them. Where, because one of the things is, is that for a lot of people, they've been sitting down and watching the Attenborough documentaries. They've been having their kids at the breakfast table going, Dad, why are you not doing this? Mum, what, what, what are you going to be doing to help me have a good future? Um, and they're getting that and they, they don't know. Or, or they say, oh yes, but darling, we've, we've, we've made a net zero of 2050 commitment um, and we've got a fantastic ESG policy. But when it comes down to it, they kind of know that there's a big gap there. 
they know that it's not really part of the solution. Um, and it's, it's, it's not to denigrate anything that those organisations are doing. It's not to denigrate anything that the sustainability teams or those general counsel are doing. It's just that, unfortunately, our society isn't yet match fit for a net zero future. Um, so what it is, is what they, it's by getting that personal com communication. And then the final thing is, obviously, I've done a lot of work over the last 18 months to get it so that I can have a conversation with them where I'm, I'm saying things that rationally make sense to them and then emotionally make sense to them. And then also being one of the key things, if there's one thing that I found effective, it's being suitably honest. So for example, I tell them, look, you know what? This is, this is going to be taking you to the edge of your comfort zone. You're going to have to spend more time on this than you feel comfortable with. Because like half an hour every two weeks, that's a lot for a global GC. But you know what? You need to do it. And they're like, okay, I'll give it a go. And that's very effective. And a good plug there for the latest Attenborough documentary, Frozen Planet 2 on uh, BBC. If you're, not, if you're in the UK and you're not watching it at the moment, you should be. It's on Sunday night and it's on iPlayer. Adam Woodhall, founder and chief executive of Lawyers for Net Zero. Thanks for joining me, John Higginson, on Communicating with Purpose. Thank you.